Nutrition have become a daily topic in our lives as we understand the critical role a healthy lifestyle and a healthy diet plays in our overall well-being. But healthy food intake does not mean optimal nutrition. We are not only what we eat, but also what we assimilate. And that is dependent on our digestion. Digestive wellness, what's next in nutrition, our topic here today on An Organic Conversation your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helge Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Well, this topic is something that uh, it's it's interesting, this idea that everything old is new again and everything complex is actually quite simple because the idea of health and nutrition and, and healing health issues can sometimes come down to, if not just simply start with the most basic thing, which is your digestive health. And this is the most basic place to start to see what your overall health is and how your overall health can be improved. And we have an expert with us today from Bowman College, and it's um, it's a very, very interesting topic. Yeah, I always say we manifest in the presence of the other, whether that it's natural environments or, or people or conversations or food. Really, the quality of what we surround ourselves with kind of defines the quality of how we show up or how we are being called into action. And with food, there is this aspect of assimilation. You can be on the best diet and it might not matter if your body is not able to assimilate it and uptake the nutrients that you're actually eating. And that is based on a whole bunch of reasons and causes, possible causes why that is not optimal. And we will talk about all those today. Yeah, well, you know, I think that one thing that I've learned since my relationship with Bowman College, which started so many years ago, is that digestive health, it's not about just getting rid of the things that are barriers to digestive health, but just strengthening your digestion overall so you can make more of the nutrient foods that you choose to put into your body. I mean, even in the culinary curriculum that they have at Bowman, the Natural Chef Training Program, it dedicates two days to digestive wellness. And I love it because for me, digestive wellness and health is kind of this threshold between an optimal diet and your body. You can't just eat nutrients that are or, or supplements, for example. Mm. None of that matters, really, if, if the threshold between entering your body and what you actually put in your body is not maintained as well and well, looked at. I think that your point about supplements is a really good one. And this is a conversation I had a, with a girlfriend of mine just recently. She said, what's your relationship to supplements? And I think it's a great question. And I go back to something that Ed, Dr. Ed Bowman, who's the founder of Bowman College, had said to me once, which is, I think of supplements as supplementation. It is something that you do as long as you need to and then you stop. And if you go back onto it, it is supplementing for whatever necessary period, whatever you need in order to have better health. But it is not the solution. The solution is cultivating digestive wellness. 
Yes, and we'll talk about all the factors, both personally and uh, intestinally, as well as environmentally, that contribute to optimal wellness, digestive wellness, what's next in nutrition, our topic here today on Inorganic Conversation. I'm Helga Helber. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And we have an amazing guest. All that is what's next. Stay tuned for more. Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit earlsorganic.com. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Hilbert. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And we have a full hour for you on digestive wellness. What's next in nutrition? Everything you ever wanted to know about not just how to eat a perfect diet, but actually how to assimilate it and make it work for your body. And with us now is an expert in the field, senior instructor of the nutrition consulting program at Bowman College at the Berkeley campus in California, Laura Knopf. She's also the author of The Whole Food Guide to Overcoming Irritable Bowel Syndrome really a long-standing expert in the field of digestive wellness and nutrition. And she's with us here in the studio. Laura, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, big topic. You are not just what you eat, but also uh, what you assimilate. One without the other doesn't work. A perfect diet is almost worthless if your body is not able to take it fully in. How did you get into the world of nutrition? What fascinated you there? Well, I've always been interested in food. I've always been interested in health. And uh, back in 1998, um, actually a little bit before that, I was having some digestive problems. I didn't really realize what was going on. And finally, it all came to a head when I had a toxic exposure. I used to work at the National Laboratory. I've been in laboratories all my life. And I had an exposure not to the toxins in the laboratory, but to the roofing tar applications they were putting on our, our roof of our old building and uh, didn't turn off the air intake vents. And I got very sickly poisoned from those extra toxins, environmental toxins. And, you know, roofing tar is a big mix of chemicals. I also um, was very stressed in my job and, and not doing well. I was also on a an inappropriate diet for me. I was eating a primarily vegan diet at the time, so the combination was really very poor. My digestion basically stopped working. I stopped absorbing any foods I was eating, and I lost about 30 pounds in about three months. Wow. Uh, My doctors were saying I was thin but otherwise healthy, and uh, I knew that that was not right. Thankfully, I had just enrolled in the, the Bowman College uh, program. I had always been interested in nutrition, had been studying it on my own for 20 years practically by then. 
it was a not serendipitous. It was actually no, you know, there are no accidents. I basically changed my life, changed my diet, changed my profession, and became an instructor at Bowman College within the next two years. So you bring up a really good question and point. What does roofing tar have to do with digestion? And well, of course, it does everything. But <laughs> yeah. can you explain, like, before yeah. we start talk about digestive wellness, let's talk about digestive ill wellness or yeah. un, not, non-wellness. What contributes environment? Well, there, that was one. not the only, that was the last straw. Before sure. that, I had had uh, an encounter with a pathogen, uh, had some dysentery, and, a, and I thought it was over with, um, but that sort of kicked it up again, the stress. But also what happens is your liver has to do a lot of processing of all the foods that you absorb and all the foods you eat and digest and absorb. First stop is the liver. Well, if the liver is overloaded, it can't do its job, and part of that job is is distributing the nutrients throughout the body, uh, sorting out the good from the bad, getting rid of the bad and keeping the good. Um, and because the liver was overwhelmed by these, these chemicals in my, my environment, my air, um, it was overloaded to the point where it just started dumping really bad bile into my digestive tract and I had some severe diarrhea for quite a while so it was uh it was it was difficult it was very difficult and I was trying to figure out what was going on unfortunately the diet I was on really was not helping me to heal it was it was a little too irritating a little too hard to digest and assimilate so as a result everything just went right through me well it sounds like what you're pointing out that I don't know is something commonly talked about is that there's a relationship between between your digestive system and your immune system. Your immune system, your nervous system, your mood, your um, um, mental health, your stress levels, uh, your environmental uh, exposures, they're all connected. We, it's, it's, it's one thing. Uh, the immune system is a major part of the digestive system, but I think our whole bodies are part of the immune system. So everything from the skin on in. Um, you can think of your digestive system as an internal skin. We're basically tubes that food uh, goes along and then it is acted upon by the chemicals from our, our system, by the hydrochloric acid in the stomach, by the digestive enzymes, where it's taken apart. It's chemically and mechanically taken apart. And then as it's taken apart further and further into smaller and smaller bits, it can finally be the individual nutrients which are then easily absorbed. The thing about the digestive system too is that tube is, a, is preferentially permeable. So it, it allows certain nutrients in through into the bloodstream and into the, the liver uh, for its first pass at, at sorting and, and blocking uh, damaged uh, material or inappropriate material. So it's that first pass, but if also the surface area of the intestine, the surface area of the digestive system is has mm -hmm. to be able to distinguish what should sure. come through and what mm -hmm. should not. So some people develop something called hyperpermeability, which allows just everything in when there's damage to that intestine. Mm. And that's probably what I had quite a bit of. We're speaking with Laura Knopf, expert on the topic of digestive wellness here in this hour of an organic conversation. Digestive wellness, what's next in nutrition? She's a senior advisor and teacher at Bowman College for the nutrition curriculum. And 
Laura, you're bringing up, I mean, we are all exposed to environmental toxins to one degree or another, whether that's through the food or workplaces or just being outside in, in, in smoky air in the city's exhaust pipes, whatever it may be. And it's not that one day, it's the total load that at one yeah. point will challenge some organs, the liver is also the gallbladder, as you said, highly contributing or, or kind of masterfully orchestrating digestive processes. When that is compromised, optimal nutrition is already compromised. But there's also a thing that we can do, for example, being completely stressed out. What, what contributes in a, in a personal lifestyle to compromising that? Well, there's a lot of, lot of various areas of stress. There's the emotional, psychological stress. That's a major thing, you know, having deadlines and having uh, stress in that respect or interaction problems, relationship problems can also be very stressful. Lack of sleep. I'm lack sure. of sleep is a major. That's that's more along the physical lines. So lack of sleep, um, exposure to too much hot or too much cold, dehydration, even excess hydration, all those things. If you're out of balance, that can create quite a bit of problems. The basic situation, though, is our overall health, if we are, are giving our body all the nutrients it needs, it's actually pretty good at detoxifying, at eliminating excess and balancing and maintaining balance. It's when we go overboard in some direction, whether it's um, alcohol ingesting or alcohol or, or sugar or other chemicals, uh, preservatives, uh, coloring agents, artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors, all those kinds of things, but also skincare products and, and body care products that have chemicals that we do absorb through our skin. So it all counts, it all adds up, and as you said, Total load is a big part of it, but also we can help our detoxification processes. We can help our liver and gallbladder with the foods we eat. If we have a nutrient-dense diet in a dish, even though we all are exposed to stuff in the water, stuff in the air, etc., that we have a less control over. We can control some things, but even the things we can't control, we if we manage to um, have the nutrients and the relaxation techniques, which are a big part of it, that allow ourselves to detoxify and handle all those things. The, the adrenals can handle more stress when we're well nourished. The liver can handle more toxins when we're more nourished. Yes, so it seems to me, given this information, that there isn't anybody who would not benefit from focusing on their digestive health. It's not just if you notice that you have um, digestional discomfort, if you've experienced or even been diagnosed with IBS, any of these things that would give you a clue that you could benefit from focusing on your digestion are pretty obvious. But aside from that, we are constantly bombarded with all of these factors that are contributing to this total load that our body is trying to sort through. And our digestive system is one of the things that tries to sort through those. Exactly. And what I should say about stress also is is it changes our, our circulation. So it, it reduces and changes what, what parts of our body get nourished and what parts don't. Whether we digest well is very, very tied in with stress. And you can't absorb anything unless you digest it first. That's the big part. So if, you, if your digestion, if you're stressed out and you're not digesting your food properly, or in many cases when people are stressed out, they don't eat properly. Mm -hmm. They choose the comfort foods and fast foods and things. So, so most of us don't live a Zen lifestyle. <laughs> no, but, but most of us Most of us don't live in, in pristine environments or without stressors or are on a perfect diet. So you're saying depending on the balance of really all of it, 
it depends on for your body type how quickly you can come into a place where all of it is compromised and then it goes downhill from there or how much can you maintain a certain healthy balance to still be able to cope with it is totally about stressors. balance yeah it is totally about balance but i can i can tell you that there are techniques and and habits you can have of daily relaxation, daily meditation, whatever. I call it skilled relaxation. Anything you can do to, to bring yourself back to the calm. And we want to talk about that in a minute. But before we um, actually dive into what people can do, I want to touch quickly on what does that look like? How would somebody identify um, if their digestive wellness is not perfect? And that's our topic in this hour, digestive wellness, what's next in nutrition, here on An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helbert. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And we are speaking with an expert in the field. Here in the studio with us is Laura Knopf, Senior Instructor of the Nutrition Consulting Program at Bowman College at the Berkeley campus. There are several campuses that Bowman College has. And um, also the author of a great book, The Whole Food Guide to Overcoming Irritable Bowel Syndrome, what Sita just mentioned, often just short IBS, irritable bowel. Laura, if, if somebody thinks, you know, yeah, once in a while I have some gas or some, you know, but overall I think my digestion is is fairly good. What are some indicators to assess that actually? Well, you should probably notice that after you eat, you don't feel exhausted or tired or about to fall asleep. Um, you should not necessarily also feel super energized after a meal. You should you should feel uh, satisfied and, and your energy should be fairly stable throughout the day. That's one of the signs. Pain, of course, is an obvious indicator that something is amiss, whether it's a pain of reflux or um, burping frequently, or as you said, gas and flatulence, or having irregular bowel movements or having uh, pain in, in the lower uh, abdomen, any of those sorts of things. Um, not feeling energetic may be a sign that a person has has poor digestion or especially if they're eating relatively well and they still don't have enough energy that may also be a sign what about pass pass through times uh transit time is another factor when when we eat our food uh it should be eliminated the time from mouth to anus should be about 18 24 hours at uh -huh. the most so most people have a bowel movement in the morning and that every day is is the best um if you're eating three times a day but you're not um having a bowel movement at least every day that's a sign that there there could be some slowdown and some backup and it can be due to many different things or you have four a day uh, more than more than four a day could also be that you're not actually having enough time for your body to absorb yeah. those nutrients. I remember that because yeah. I studied. Yes, <laughs> indeed, that's that's Bowman what we do College. teach. Yes, so one to three <laughs> bowel movements a day yes. is considered Sita. normal. Well, one thing that I really took away from what you just said is the concept of energy, because I know so many people who suffer from low energy, and they keep trying yeah. to figure out: Am I do I need more B vitamins? Is this a I don't have enough iron? So they're looking for specific nutrients that might be. The the reason their energy is low as opposed to thinking about it in terms of their overall digestive health. And then sometimes they, they turn to coffee in the morning to overcome sure. that, which but, imbalances the body further. It can, yes. B but what I'm noticing is that some people are being prescribed by holistic nutritionists, prescribed might not be the right word, but recommended that they start taking probiotics to increase their energy. And it seems like this is the relationship between the two, because probiotics are going to improve your digestion. But that's what we want to talk about yeah. when we come okay, back perfect. right after the break. Perfect. Again, this is an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helbert. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar.
And of course, the topic in this hour, it's all about our gut and beyond digestive wellness, what's next in nutrition and what's next here is how you can actually address all that for optimal nutrition, that and more when we come back right after the break. Stay tuned. Produce is ever-changing, seasons coming and going. At Earl's Organic, we have been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. Since 1988, Earl's Organic Produce has been establishing strong relationships with growers and developing a deep understanding of the seasons, so you can offer the most delicious organic produce to your customers, staff, and clients year-round. For organic produce, visit Earl's Organic Produce at earlsorganic.com. That's earlsorganic.com. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helber. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And with us is the senior instructor of the nutrition consulting program at Bowman College. That's bowmancollege.org. Laura Knopf. She's also the author of The Whole Food Guide to Overcoming IBS, Irritable Bowel Syndrome. Laura, before the break, we were just diving into what can be done. And you have this nifty list of... Nine, nine, nine simple steps yeah. to improve your digestion. Why don't we just go through those? Sure. The first <laughs> one is is to relax when you eat, to actually take take breaths, you know, deep breathe, relax, sit down for mm. your meals, um, maybe set the table prettily and, you know, have a flower or a candle or something. So do you actually not have too many distractions? I know a lot of people are watching television or watching their phones or too much distraction. It's it's not focusing on the food. When we focus on the food, when we look at the food, smell the food, taste the food, uh, enjoy the food, appreciate the food, have gratitude for the food, it calms us down. And it's only in that calm state, in that what they call the parasympathetic state, that we actually do our best digestion. That's when all the the juices are flowing and the digestion is happening. As I said before, you can't absorb what you can't digest. So those are, are the big factors. So calming down, chewing your food. Chewing your food is very important because chewing actually does calm us down. That's why some people chew gum, actually, to help relax themselves. But chewing your food actually tells your body, oh, it's safe. I can eat now. Everything's cool. So that's the big the number one number one and number two. Uh, third one is don't drink a lot of beverages, particularly cold beverages with meals or before meals, because, you know, cold, the cold foods and cold uh, water particularly tends to chill the digestive tract. It dilutes your stomach acid. It can actually kind of like numb your stomach a bit. So it's not actually fully functional. I have a question to that. Would yeah. it help be helpful to have a warm drink with it, or would it a be better bit. not to have liquids at all and rather drink before and after? That's actually one of my next steps. To, uh, is actually, there's, ah. some, there's some warm warm beverages that can be helpful and appropriate. Um, another thing is not to overeat. So many people wait till they're so hungry they can't. They they're so hungry they just stuff the food in. They don't chew it well and they overstuff themselves. They eat too fast. And that can also, especially over time, make digestion more difficult. It, it 
trains the body that it's, it, it forgets about how to, how to digest, how to properly breaking down the food um, digestion, particularly in the stomach. Um, and that can also lead to a lot of, of belching and air gulping and all kinds of things. So overeating is another big factor. Avoiding the refined foods and food additives, those actually do affect our digestion as, and also our gut bacteria. Are, there's recent evidence showing that the gut bacteria are actually killed by a lot of the artificial ingredients, whether it's preservatives or actually the artificial sweeteners are particularly now well known to kill gut bacteria. Really? Yes, which can really cause changes in how we digest and how we absorb and metabolize our foods. So they're saying that, you know, it could be a factor in people's overweight problems and that they're using a lot of these artificial sweeteners when it's actually changing their gut bacteria to the point where they can have more problems with obesity. So that's another big factor. So not having those artificial things. They trick our senses. They trick our, our tongue into thinking something's sweet. They trick our senses into thinking we're getting certain nutrients when we're not. And that affects how we digest our food, how we metabolize and absorb our food. Another thing might be to eat more simply. Um, if you have a meal that has a lot of different factors, if your digestion is weak, and this is what I mean, it's like you already have problems with digestion, and you have a meal that has a lot of starches or a lot of sweets along with the proteins, your body's going to have a hard time because your digestion is weak to, to digest those proteins. And while it's trying to digest those proteins, those starches and sweets might be in staying in the stomach, staying in the digestion early part of the digestive tract and actually fermenting, creating more bubbling and gas and burping and problems with digestion absorbing. So that's another factor is not, not having too many starches and sweets along with protein or fat-rich foods. So having the fats and proteins at one point, so the meats and the, and the oils and things, uh, salads. You can also have greens. Le leafy greens also very oh, much right. help. Always a wonderful thing. Cooked greens, uh, raw greens. And people that have poor digestion, cooked foods are actually more easily digested and absorbed. The raw can be a little harsh, a little difficult. So that might be a factor. Uh, another one is to, if you're still having trouble, now we get into those beverages that might help, you might try a little apple cider vinegar in a little warm water. So you take like a teaspoon in like a half cup of warm water and sip it in the few minutes before you're eating. Or you can even sip a little bit as you're eating. And that can stimulate the acid secretions in the stomach, which you definitely need. And it can uh, add actually nutrients, interestingly enough. There's potassium and other minerals and vitamins in those, something like apple cider vinegar. And that sort of primes the pump. It stimulates the digestion and starts that process. You might even notice you have more saliva secretions when you do that. So that's one thing you can do. Some people, instead of apple cider vinegar, can do that with, with some lemon juice in water, too. What about digestive bitters? I'm from Germany, and it's just really common, either, either before or after, but, you know, to stimulate... Yeah. Well, the first step might be the apple cider vinegar or lemon juice. The next might be to have the bitters in the warm water. So that's another way to stimulate those secretions. And I know the Underberg and other bitters uh, uh, are used very regularly, especially when you overeat some of the heavy foods. It's, it's, you, you can use it before or during or after right. a meal to, to get that process moving. And that stimulates peristalsis. It stimulates secretions of, of, of the 
digestive juices. So those are very good things. Um, so that's that's the simple stuff that you, you can do on your own, and it's not hard to find some good Swedish bitters or Swedish bitters or, or some of the other bitter tinctures that are out there. Even in a pinch, uh, Angostura bitters or, or the other things sold even in liquor stores can be useful. So that's but the step. It sounds like when you read that list, I'm, I'm picturing somebody who, you know, would really cook something that is healthy, sit down, turn the phone off or wait for, you know, how long does it take to eat? 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Ideally, and 15 to 20, 30 minutes yeah, for but a meal. Like just to, to, you know, avoid looking at your phone or any distractions or, or text something meanwhile. And then you would sit down and you would look at your meal and you would appreciate it and smell it and really enjoy it. And it's, it's basically uh, what came to mind when you read that was just eat. Just eat how <laughs> yeah, <laughs> any we, normal person would eat we if are, we weren't com completely bombarded with text and with distractions and with stress. Multitasking is not good for your digestion. Yeah, it, it sounds all. like it. Um, it. It sounds like a very normal picture of yeah. one would have eaten. And that doesn't mean you have ago. to be a monk and sit there in silence and sure. you know. But you you can have good good uh, environment while you eat you know just like if you were sitting next to a garbage can you might not want to eat very much it's your environment has a big factor and because part of our digestion is starting in our brain start starts in the brain there are a couple more steps if you find that the bitters are not enough to keep you going you may want to consider trying some digestive enzymes there's a lot of them on the market some of them are good some of them are useless so you have to try different ones and how much and see what works for you. What do they do? Do they actually complement the ones you don't have, if, or they? Yes. If if your digestive tract is is not functioning to the mm -hmm. point where you cannot really make those digestive enzymes, it's a substitute. It's a it's a supplement. And some people need a little bit. Some people need a lot. Some people need it for very short periods of time. Others may need it for longer periods of time, depending on how much damage they have or how long it's been. And uh, enzymes means probiotics. No, actually, enzymes are digestive enzymes, something that ends in A-S-E, amylase, protease, lipase. Um, there's a, those are the basic ingredients of those digestive enzymes. Not to say that the probiotics don't help with digestion. They actually do help us digest our food. Um, the lactobacillus acidophilus are acid-loving, lactic acid-producing, and lactose-digesting bacteria. So they actually do have an action. But the digestive enzymes are further up in the digestive tract and early on. Yeah, probiotics is more to create the environment for optimal digestion, right? Yeah, the environment, in the, ideally in the large intestine. Right. We find that some people actually have too many bacteria in the small intestine, and that creates other problems, mostly IBS, actually. Well, and IBS is such an interesting topic. I can't tell you how many people, well, you would know because this is your profession, how many people say, well, I have IBS, when actually that's the catch-all term for we don't know what causes your digestive problems. Yeah, it's a catch-all. It's one of those things. We can't find anything uh, physically wrong, so it's a functional distress problem. And you know, it, now, of course, now the, uh, Dr. Mark Pimentel actually has a book out uh, called The Actual cause of IBS or something like that. And he's looking at the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth as a reason why people have IBS. Mm -hmm. they've, got, they've got bacteria, maybe good bacteria, maybe bad bacteria, but it's in the wrong place. It's in the small intestine. Uh -huh. There's not supposed to be so many of them mm -hmm. instead of the large intestine. So, so beyond IBS, I mean, here's one of the things that makes Bowman College such a special place is that they base their educ 
education in sound science, whether it's physiology, biochemistry, or therapeutic nutrition. And then they have these training programs for chefs and for nutritionists to, to help people heal from from issues. And so we've talked about IBS in this conversation, and we've talked about general health, but there are specific illnesses, things like MS and Crohn's disease and heart disease, that having a, a better digestive system could benefit your addressing the complications from these diseases. So can you tell us how can digestive health complement targeted treatments for specific disease? Well, the one thing about good digestion means you're able to get all the nutrients your body needs. And I always figure everyone needs to eat. Not everyone needs to take a supplement. So when you're eating foods, you're getting a balance, you're getting a variety, you're getting a lot of different nutrients. And in actuality, your your sense of taste and what you want to eat, what you're drawn to may actually be directed somewhat by what you need. There are people that if you're in tune with your body and listening to yourself, you might say, wow, today I need a little more protein or today I need a little more more fat foods or I just want something really a lot of fruit or something today. So those are the kinds of things that if you direct yourself, you can do that. But having the right nutrients allows your body to decide how to use that to best reach health. Our bodies are always aiming for health. They're always aiming for balance. They're always wanting to be complete. And... When we have all the nutrients, then we can direct our energies towards healing, whatever the circumstances. But without nutrients, without certain nutrients, we have a hard time making energy. We have a hard time making immune system cells appropriately. We have a hard time repairing and maintaining our tissues. So all of those things go into the, the situation of, of disease or illness. When we can't do those basic things, then we develop certain illnesses or certain tendencies towards illness. So it's all about getting everything you need for your body to work properly, and that's digestion. digestion. Wonderful to hear that, that um, the body is constantly uh, thriving or, or, or focusing on or going towards reinstalling that balance, right? Absolutely. Constantly focusing or aiming for health. It's the same in nature. All of nature, the the predominant energy or direction is is balance, right? If something is out of balance at an organic farm, it'll only be days or maybe a week or two until the good bugs come in and then eat the bad bugs. Everything is is balance, uh, it seems, outside of us and inside of us. And that, again, brings it fully back home. We are a part of nature. And And we need to rest. We That's what sustainability have. is about, is maintaining that balance. Mm. We're speaking with Laura Knopf, Senior Instructor of the Nutrition Consulting Program at Bowman College. It's a nutrition education and culinary arts program, really pioneers in nutrition education for many decades. And you're teaching at the yes. Berkeley campus, bowmancollege.org. If you're interested in learning more about nutrition both professionally or just for yourself or family use. Laura is also the author of The Whole Food Guide to Overcoming Irritable Bowel Syndrome, which kind of brings us to our last point. When we talk about balance, wellness, uh, sustainability, I think you just said uh, outside of us, inside of us, whatever we do in the world also happens in, uh, in our stomach. What's next in nutrition as we are getting back to the basics? The foundation of a healthy body is a healthy gut. 
And how do we bring that awareness more into focus in this year and beyond? There's a lot of you know amazing foods and new supplements, and nobody really, if you if you look at what's out there, the information that's out there of what a healthy diet consists, nobody really speaks about healthy gut health other than you and well, we know. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are a few people who are sure. very interested in that, but yes. we do find that... But in media, you don't, it's not a daily it's starting, topic. It's starting yeah. to be. I think Michael Pollan had a, an article in the New York Times about uh, uh, gut bugs, about the probiotics, yes. uh, and had his, his biome measured and, and analyzed. That 80% see. of what is us is not us? Yeah, actually, <laughs> it's more like 90%, yes. It's 100 to 1, yeah. them to us. So we are mostly, we are mostly carriers for those probiotics. Yeah bugs that yes. are running around in our uh, intestine and people get creeped out by that but you know if you think about it they're running the show they're, they're determining keeping us alive they actually. are doing a wonderful job they make vitamins they <clears throat> digest our food they normalize tissue they can help heal the gut they can help absorption they can help a lot of things so, so. just to for people who who haven't seen that article uh, the vast majority of cells in our bodies is not human that's correct and then the question of course after that would be what is actually human, right? Where do we start and where do we end? So we'll leave that unanswered <laughs> because we don't have the time here on an organic conversation right now. But really, that's the that's the essence of why we are doing this show. It's, yeah. you know, where, where do these things end and start and how much do we need to embrace them? Because they are part of our lives, whether we like yeah. it or not. Yeah. But again, back to the question, how how can we bring that topic of digestive wellness to a much broader audience to understand? Well, shows like this will help, of mm -hmm. course. Um, there is starting to be more interest in pro uh, probiotic-rich foods, uh, traditionally fermented and cultured foods is becoming a, an interest. People are also noticing that they really don't want genetically modified organisms. We're not sure what those do, and there's some evidence that they do affect digestion and and overall health and immunity. So there's a big factor with that. So people are wanting to know what's in their food. And I think that interest is is growing. I've noticed over the past 20 years I've been doing this that it really is making a difference. Uh, it's not just in the Bay Area. It's not just in little enclaves of uh, uh, the foodies. But it's also all around the country and all around the world. People are saying, you know, we can't keep messing with nature. We can't keep um, uh, having so much toxins and chemicals in our lives without consequences, and that's that's a big factor. So I believe that the, the tide is turning, and I think the more people, everyone eats. And what I notice when I go out is people always want to talk about food. They always want to talk about about food and 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 where it's coming from and the quality and how, how it was made and all those kinds of things. But then they find out I'm a nutrition consultant and they really want to find out <laughs> the details. It's very difficult to, to have a, a casual conversation about food because everybody eats and, you know, it, it becomes uh, a topic that I love talking about, but it, it can take, it can take us into realms that people don't always want to go. Yet. Well, I think also <laughs> because this is your topic, this yeah. is your specialty. I mean, I remember yeah. when you published The yeah. Whole Foods Guide to Overcoming Irritable Bowel Syndrome, and I bought it for somebody very close in my life who had been that person who had seen so many doctors and had had every test yeah. done, and they just said, you have IBS, and that didn't make him feel any better. No, you name it and claim it, but that doesn't tell you how to fix it. It doesn't. It and doesn't. one of the things in my book and one of the things that I've noticed over the years is everyone 
actually has to follow the diet that works best for them. They may have to avoid certain foods that their next person can eat effectively, but they may not be able to. So it's really individualized and personal as far as what works and what doesn't. And I should also say my book does have more information than just IBS information. It's about digestion in general. The publishers had to give it a, a, a <laughs> subtopic to make it uh, uh, have a niche. But in general, it's just the sort of thing where everybody eats, everybody should digest and absorb and then assimilate and metabolize their food properly. I think if that happened, then we'd have a lot less dependence upon the over-the-counter medications. We'd have a lot less problems with relationships and community and all those other things and, you know, talks and well, some of those things. Well, it's certainly our hope that one day we'll hear, we overhear conversations on the neighboring tables in a restaurant that are not just about food and that you know your farmer. And it's so wonderful, the awareness that we have created in especially on, on the coast and really throughout the country and even throughout the world now, there's a food awareness um, and, and know where your food comes from and know your farmer and local communities and local economies. That's wonderful. And if we can add the digestive wellness part to that conversation, yeah, that I will think, be our dream. I think the internet is helping, <laughs> but I think one of my goals is to help people understand how their bodies are supposed to work. Yeah. People take for granted, oh, doesn't everybody have indigestion? Mm, doesn't yeah. everybody have reflux? Doesn't everybody have mm -hmm. uh, constipation or whatever it is? It's like, well, that's become the new normal. Yes. Right. But it's not normal. It's not healthy. And it's it leads to other problems down the road. Right. But they start out frequently. You know, Hippocrates said all illness begins in, in the gut. Mm. Yes. So. And the first thing, I, first thing I learned at Bowman College was uh, biochemical individuality, that there's yes. no dietary dogma if you eat this this might work for you but it might not work you have to figure it out yourself and yes there are some really good principles and mm -hmm. guidelines but ultimately it's it's your we are, we're all individuals and we all need to live our very own lives the way it, it was designed for us yes and everyone matters. So that's a great, if that's what the gut bacteria can Are teach telling us, us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's more lessons mm. than we can learn from them. Yeah. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming in. Thank that's you. Laura Knopf, senior instructor, again, off the nutrition consulting program at Bowman College. That's bowmancollege.org. If you're interested either professionally or personally to learn more about culinary arts or nutrition and nutritional wellness, that's a great place, bowmancollege.org. And yeah, thank you. Thanks for all your work and your many years of dedication to this critical, really, not just important, critical topic. And yeah, we'll see where it goes from okay. here. Okay, thank Thanks you very much. In. Thank you. Thank Laura. you. This is an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helbert. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Digestive wellness, what's next in nutrition, our topic in this hour. And healthy food, healthy produce from digestive wellness to the world of. Earl Herrick, here's What's in Season. And Earl Herrick, of course, is the voice of the San Francisco produce market, Mr. Organic, also named giving us a weekly update, the freshest what's next in your shelf, because he already knows. <laughs> Earl, are you there? Good day to you. <laughs> yes. Uh, how are you all doing? What do you know? We are doing great. How are you? 
Yeah, yeah. What do I know? Well, <laughs> well, it's interest time is what it is. Yes. Um, that's what I'd like to talk about today. Uh, you know, this time of year, that is the, probably the most prevalent and uh, varied item or, or class. As yeah, it were. what a it, world it is, right? Oh, it's it's amazing, and it stretches for such a long period of time, and mm -hmm. such a grand, like I said a moment ago, grand variety of of stuff, and it keeps on happening. It's almost like, like well, I'm not, I was going to say peaches because I understand the different varieties, but this is much more obvious because you have the different shapes and colors and taste and peelability and all that stuff. Peelability. So I, I do want to I do want to lead in with um, I maybe had one of the two or three best ruby red grapefruits mm. I've ever had in my life. They were sour and sweet and sugary and just so much flavor. Delicious, really, like truly a, a sweet, sour, beautiful delight. Uh, amazing season for that. How's the citrus season overall? It's it's a great one. You know, we, we there was a little concern uh, entering this, and you know, we we read a lot about the El Nino, and and for me, what that means is a lot. Well, for all of us, it means a lot of rain. For me, it also translates into uh, a certain a certain excess of rain, which is great, is also can be very problematic for citrus mm. uh, because a lot of the product gets wet on the tree and um, packed as excessively wet inside the skin and then eventually molds much quicker than you want. But this has not been, we haven't had that. I mean, even though it's been a great season uh, to break the drought, it hasn't been this, this crazy thing that's, that's affecting the citrus like I thought it might. Uh, the quality is very good. Prices are, are very decent. Um, the supply is, is pretty good considering we've had drought, though we are seeing some effects of that. And uh, the and the sweetness is very very as you, like you mentioned is very intense and, and can be very precise. You you know how I love satsumas and and you know I've been it's been a month now since we well two or three weeks since I've I was able to enjoy my last one and the the new the new item that I like to replace that is called the Mercot. In some mm. places it's called a W Mercot and uh, there's it's also produced not only in California but also Florida. And in Florida, it's known as a honey uh, mercot sometimes. This is very similar in a lot of aspects, though it has a little more honey than the satsuma. It's not quite as easy to peel, and there may be a seed or two. But that is what I'd like to present as the go-to piece of fruit to enjoy right now. But they're deep orange. They're they're kind of a small. They're definitely a smallish piece of fruit. Don't think of a big navel or anything. They're um, more like a tangerine then. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And they have a little nubble on top, right? No, that's the miniola. Oh. Yeah, that's the miniola, and that's a bigger, that's generally a bigger piece of fruit. Gotcha. This is going to be smaller. I'm not sure how to characterize it. It's not flat. It's not oblong. It's just, um... It's a mercot. Yeah. Mercot shaped. Yeah, mercot shaped. <laughs> um, but this is, this is a great, this is, and, and this is the beauty of Mother Nature, right? This time of year where we may be more susceptible to flus or, or colds or sniffles, Bingo, this big charge that lasts for months of high vitamin C, uh, a citrus is, is so perfect. Well, and I think it's the time when we start craving it, too. That's right. There's all these new things, whether it's acid, whether it's sweetness. Is the sweetness um, getting into honey flavors now? I mean, you know, you, as we've talked in the past, it, you can get incredibly nuanced, but it's all to be enjoyed. Uh, I also want to make sure that people are still buying navels. Navels are, is probably the longest enduring piece of citrus that we have throughout the year, where they start out in December, 
fairly mediocre, really heat their, hit their peak in January, February, and they can go all the way into May, depending upon the year. I'm not sure they're going to last that long this mm-hmm. year because there still are effects of the drought for the, from the last five years where some citrus was taken out of production because they didn't have enough uh, water to, to water all sure. the orchards. So production's down a little bit, but there's still plenty to be enjoyed in the naval world. What else is out there? We, we mm, talked yeah. about... Yeah, a couple things to enjoy right now. Uh-huh. Blood oranges. Mm. And there's a number of different varieties, but the one you're going to mostly see is called a Moro. So it's going to have a, a nice blush on the outside, but not always. And there's going to be a pretty nice uh, interior color, but again, not always. But generally, that what I love to do there, of course, is to make citrus juice and then to top it off with a little bit of blood orange juice on top, and you have this nice, beautiful layer of crimson juice on the top. Uh, Miniolas, they're, they're very good right now, uh, February and March, even though they probably you probably saw them in January. This is, again, when they've got a, that balance of acid and sugar, is, mm-hmm. I think, is really right at its peak. Uh, a couple other things, kumquats. You know, those little mm-hmm. things, we did a YouTube on it one, one time, I think, last year or yes, so. Yes, we did. Yeah, um, and a lot of people don't even know what they are. Yeah, there's some those little things. What do you do with them, right? We Yeah, on yeah. inorganicconversation.com, there's a video on how to eat them with Earl and Sita. Check it out. Of course, grapefruits are, 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 are great. I think you're still going to be able to find a couple different varieties, a ruby and a pink and a Rio red. Uh, it really depends upon your own preference, what you might want. But the deeper color is going to have a little more acid, perhaps a little more sugar. But the the pinks have great flavor. They have a little less acid. Great way to go. So those are the ones you you want to start uh, enjoying right now, looking for. And, of course, there's probably other varieties out there. There's one called a gold nugget, which is a nice little piece of citrus. And all this is pretty California-centric. And Florida has its own citrus. I think they had a little hard time this year with some weather. Um, but it's out there, and this is definitely the time to for it to be enjoyed, whether you're going to peel it, you're going to cut it in quarters, or you're going to juice it. Lots of different ways to do it, and it's wonderful to cake with you. Yes. And it's, and it's not going to bruise in your in your bag or in bag yeah, or backpack. That's right. Pretty easy to transport, and if you have one or two of those every day, as you said, you will mm-hmm. keep the cold or the flu away yeah. because they are packed with not just vitamin C, but with the stuff that you need to fully absorb it. Yeah. That's so much more important, not just what you eat, but how your body assimilates it. And you need the bioflavonoids, which are all perfectly packaged in every piece of citrus. Thank you, Earl. You know, I I wanted to say one last thing. And that is about, you know, I know we all have our cravings. And for me, I can be a sweet guy, especially after I eat a meal. I I want that dessert thing. And what I've found over a period of time, and I I love it when I remind, remind myself by doing it, is to have a piece of fruit. Not only will it satisfy that craving in a way that you probably couldn't even imagine, but it also takes another step in that positive, healthy way where you appreciate it more and then you have a little less desire for something with a little more more sugary. Yes. That's just at least my experience. Yeah, like a good apple. That's my habit right now. Apples are still good and out of storage. And wow. Yep. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, maybe we can talk about storage apples in the next couple of episodes. I'm How gonna, would that be? I'll put my attention on that one. Yeah, please. Okay. <laughs> that's Earl Herrig of Earl's Organic Produce. That's earlsorganic.com. Thank you, Earl, for that update, and we'll talk with you next week. Hey, thank you. I'll talk to you all later. Okay. Bye. 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 Hearing Earl on 
citrus and with the weekly update of what's going on in the produce world, really the healthiest foundation. And digestive wellness, of course, really a topic for all of us, even if your digestion is great. We talked about the fact that we crave it a lot right now right. as part of it's our desire to strengthen talking. our immune system. And one of the things that Laura said is that our bodies are striving towards health. They are always right. they striving tell towards us health. If we only listen. And that's exactly if you're paying attention. That was Laura Knopf. It was. It was Laura. She was such a great guest because she's very knowledgeable on the topic and she really inspires her students. BowmanCollege.org. You were the culinary program director. I was, yeah. I was the col- so, so Bowman College has two different training programs. They have a, a culinary, it's a natural chef training program that combines classical culinary training with modern therapeutic nutrition. And then they have the nutrition consultant training program, which is where Laura teaches. And they focus on holistic nutrition and go beyond just one dietary choice over another, which is what which she was saying. I graduated from. That's where you graduated from. Yeah, exactly. So, I- so strong ties to this um, very meaningful organization. Yes, nonprofit organization, uh, totally dedicated for decades to this topic. And I think um, enrollment is open right now. So again, if you're interested in learning more about nutrition for yourself, or even as a profession or combined, check out bowmancollege.org. Thank you, Sita. And um, thank you, Helga. Thank you to all the citrus out there right now. This is an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Citarani Palomar. And we'll be back with another episode, yummy episode, next week. Yes, we will. Thank you to you <laughs> listeners, too. See you soon. Bye. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate producer, Kristen Ponger. This show would not be possible without the ongoing support from our listeners. Whether it's a dollar a month or a one-time donation, please consider becoming a patron of An Organic Conversation. For more information on how to support this program, please visit patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash An Organic Conversation. Thank you for your contribution. An Organic Conversation is made possible through listeners like you and the fantastic support of our underwriters. Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor providing certified organic fruits and vegetables for your store, home, or business since 1988. The website is earlsorganic.com. And also Fry Vineyards, America's first certified organic winery, producing organic and certified biodynamic wine. For more information, frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to iTunes or anorganicconversation.com. And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, please follow us on facebook.com forward slash anorganicconversation. We are your hosts, Helga Helberg and Sitarani Palomar. And we'll be back right here, same place, same time, next week. See you then. Bye.